0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is Kansas State's Felix Yudika Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by... Ridge wholesale Liquor, our good friends back in Manhattan, Cole Carmody and Tim Fitzgerald here in New Orleans on an abbreviated version of the podcast. Much to do. So much coverage coming out of New Orleans from the Go Powercat staff. In fact, Michael Goins offered to sit in and I said, do you really want to do that or do you want to work? And he said, I'll work. Zach Carlson, I offered him an out and he said, I want to work. So they're all downstairs working as is much of the media from the state of Kansas that has made it here to the Sheraton on Canal Street, where the media headquarters is for the first time in Sugar Bowl history as they had to move it this year due to renovations at their former property. But this is a pretty good setup. And if you're on your way down, I hope uh, everything is safe. I hope Your travels weren't as chaotic as ours, but we made it down here, and it really wasn't a bad drive. We're happy to be here. It's beautiful weather. It was supposed to rain today. It's not. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, but now they might be backing off of that some, and the Sugar Bowl Parade is scheduled for tomorrow. And, of course, kickoff of Kansas State and Alabama is 11 a.m. on Saturday morning at the Superdome just down the road here, and it's going to be an amazing event as ticket sales are lagging a little bit right now uh, because it doesn't sound like Alabama is going to bring as many fans as you would expect. You know, this whole home, it's just a sugar bowl. It's hard to blame them, you know, for a program that's in the playoffs so often. And I think some K-Staters who maybe would have come down at the last minute have decided to pass because of all the stuff going on back home. But if you're on your way, be safe, enjoy this podcast. It's going to be a short one. We've got uh, your questions from Wabash Station. This is how it works. You know the drill. You, you, you I can't talk. Everyone mm-hmm. gets to listen to the podcast, but only the subscribers at GoPowerCat.com get to ask the questions from Wabash Station. And here we go. Uh, by the way, if you're planning a New Year's Eve party or, you know, watch party for your cats, football, basketball, doubleheader on Saturday, and you're in Manhattan or the area, get to the fridge ask him for some advice, ask him for some fun drinks drink recipes. I saw they had a chocolate martini recipe for New Year's Eve that looked amazing. And uh, just get on, on in there. It's more than just a liquor store. They're great people, very knowledgeable staff and an incredible selection and great prices. Stop into the fridge and let's get going with our questions
0: from Ava Station.
1: Nicole, you doing fine, first of all?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah. You, you okay?
0: You uh, you ate some uh, redfish? I two did. Two days in a row. Two, two days in a row. You know, when you were in Rome, eat as the Romans do. Is that what they say? Yeah, um this is more
1: like Paris. Okay. In Rome. But, you know, it's it's I get
0: the I get the theory there.
1: You don't actually eat Rome, do you? Cuz that's a lot.
0: There is bread that is Roma.
1: Oh, that's true. Maybe we should move to the question from our last station.
0: Here you go. First question comes from I like pickles cat. Pickles. Besides Will Anderson and Bryce Young, the biggest threat to K-State in this game is uh, I think um Chris Kleiman was exactly right. It's just the,
1: and who said it today? Uh, Cooper Beebe maybe or Cade Warner? One of the guys we talked to on Thursday mentioned, you know, when you watch film of teams, every team in the Big 12 has some dudes. And you can also pick out some guys that, hey, this guy can't, you know, this guy can't. And there's none of that. They're all dudes. And whether they're, you know, playing at a really high level, they're still. Uh, we we cross paths with what I assume were Alabama players last night as we were walking down to Bourbon Street. Um, they were either Alabama players or actual uh, Giants among mm-hmm. us. Did mm-hmm. they just start vacuuming in the hallway directly outside of our room?
0: It's <laughs> actually kind of funny. They're getting you're getting the full treatment now of the
1: hotel podcast. So I've got the shower running, the steam shirts, and they're vacuuming outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's lovely. At least we don't have gunfire today. I think I heard gunfire the other day. Anyhow, it's New Orleans. but yeah, the, the the size of this team, the 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 fact that they can bring in, you know, their backups are four stars, mm-hmm. five star guys. So, uh, you know, Chris Kleiman mentioned it. The lines are just so good and so sound. Eli Huggins talked about it. Um, you know, Cooper Beebe talked about it. They're not out of position. they, they you you don't get them out of position and they don't miss a line. They're so well prepared. It's Nick Saban, folks. Bill Snyder with five stars. That's Mm kind of what Alabama is, and um, it's a real challenge. It really is. But I think there's a possibility here for K-State to win. I think K-State will win simply because of the focus that this game is appearing that K-State's much more locked in.
0: I think the answer to this question is themselves. Besides Bryce Young and Will Anderson, the biggest threat in this game is literally themselves. If if you go into this game as a player and you hype it up to be, oh, we're playing Alabama. They've got all these four stars. They've got all these five stars. You're already losing. I know our own Ryan Wallace put up a piece on the website the other day of interviewing, or talking with a former or a current SEC assistant coach. And they basically said you can't, Get into the mindset that just because you're playing Alabama, it's going you're going to lose. You know, if if you step onto the field saying, "Oh my God, you're starstruck and and you're playing Alabama," then you're a step behind. I think that I don't think K State's going to do that, but I think if they do do that, then they will be a step behind. It doesn't matter who Alabama is playing; they could be playing all the backups. Last year, when K State played LSU. That same thing could have happened. Oh, my goodness. We're playing a historical power in the SEC, but they didn't care who was playing. It could have been Jimmy and Joe at every single position, and kind of it was for LSU. But it didn't matter. K-State put their hard hat on and went to work. I think if they do the same thing, they're going to have success. But, again, I just firmly believe that the biggest threat to K-State, besides Will Anderson and Bryce Young, is really themselves. Yeah. You know,
1: K-State comes out and plays its game establishes what it wants to establish, they're going to play with Alabama. I have no doubt about that. I I really am confident that K-State can play because of the unity among this group. Now, there's going to be some head-to-head matches that I am concerned about. Austin Moore is not a big linebacker, so I worry about him holding up through the course of the game. You know, maybe there's too much speed on the outside. We'll just see how the game develops, but I, I know this, this is not the Alabama team you're used to. This is a 10 and two team. And quite honestly, they're, they're on the cusp of being in the playoff at number five, because they are Alabama. If this exact same team at 10 and two was Ole Miss, they'd probably be seven or eight. Maybe, you know, maybe they're six. I don't know, but um, they lost two close games, but it's really not even those games just seemed more competitive for this Alabama team all year long the more teams were in the game, the fear factor seemed to be down. And one of the things Chris Kleiman does so well is he showed it by coming to Kansas State and winning as North Dakota State. He avoids the fear factor. In fact, he gets guys to embrace. He would get to play Kansas State or we get to play LSU or, you know, whatever. You know, this is a coach that has a three-game winning streak against the SEC now at Kansas State. He's, he doesn't care. That this is the SEC program along with Georgia that is the most
0: elite. He's, he'll have his team ready to play. That's incredible. Three straight wins against SEC teams. It really
1: yeah, it really is. And, you know, according to one ESPN guy, that every SEC coach would want to play a Big 12 schedule, not an SEC schedule. I don't know how Lane
0: Kiffin feels about that after the last two bowl games he's played, but we'll, we'll see. Next question comes from The Dot Two If K State can stop Alabama's rushing attack, they have a chance, right? No, I don't. I don't know if it's the rushing attack. No, it's to
1: it, be honest. I think it's the other way around. Yeah, it's Bryce Young in the the passing game. We're talking about a guy, you know, that throws for two seventy five a game, um, only runs for about nineteen a game, but he's really mobile. But he doesn't use that unless he really has to to run the ball. He uses that to buy time and extend plays, and the passing game that gives his receivers even more time to get open. So, you know, if you play man, you're going to have to track your guy for a long time. If you play zone, well, you're probably going to get beat because those guys will settle into the open spots in the zone and Bryce Young will find them. Now, there's no one. Look, I'm not saying Alabama's not talented. Of course they are. They're extremely talented, but they don't have the same kind of, you know, superstar running back or receiver that they've had in the past. This is more of a committee on both of those their superstars are quarterback he's special their superstars are outside linebacker he's incredible he's the best player on the team if you ask me but um they have really good players that can get it done so um i think it's the passing game
0: i do too and you look at this passing attack it's like an nfl offense and that shouldn't come as a surprise bill o'brien former nfl head coach second year as the offensive coordinator when you look at Bryce Young, he kind of reminds me of a guy that Bill O'Brien coached in Deshaun Watson. The same type of guy who wants to get out of the pocket, he'll throw on the run, um, but you're right, that is the biggest thing. If they can stop Bryce Young from scrambling around, and maybe not scrambling to get yards down the field, because he's not a rusher, but scrambling around and keeping him in the pocket, that is where K-State will have a chance to win. I'm not saying that if you, if you you if you don't stop the pass that you can't win but if you do stop the pass and you make them run that is a strength for k-state all year long k-state has been able to stop the run i I don't think that's going to be an issue i really don't you mentioned austin Moore earlier but i don't i just don't see how um jameer gibbs and this alabama offense will be able to run all over k-state because if they're able to run all over k-state that means they're able to do other things against k-state and if that happens then you're in trouble but I don't worry about K-State's run defense in this game. I, I worry mostly about just how good Bryce it, Bryce Young is.
1: Uh, you go back to the last game, Kendre Miller's special running back, and they did a great job of taking him away. They kept him under 100 yards, which was odd for him this season. The running problems, the run defense issues came from Max Duggan, and that's just not something Alabama's looking to do, to put their quarterback in that kind of peril running down the field. They feel like they have enough weapons to beat you without the gimmick of, and I, there's quotations around that, of a quarterback run game. Yeah. It is a very traditional, more NFL style. And I respect the way Alabama plays ball because they're not doing it with alignments and you know complex schemes. Nick Saban's an old football coach, and he's going to line up on both sides of the ball very traditionally, have everyone in the right spot doing the right thing at the right time, and he's doing it with extremely talented players, and that's kind of
0: that's kind of fun brand for me. But it also might be able to come back and bite them in the butt. That is that is mm-hmm. the thing that I think K State fans need to look for. Will Alabama say, "We are Alabama. We're better than you, no matter what. It doesn't matter what you guys do. We're going to line up. We're going to run our stuff, and you right. can't stop us." Sometimes, if he, coaches can be extremely ignorant, so I'll be it'll be fascinating to see how the game plays out throughout. the Today because if it's a tight game, is Alabama going to change things up or are they going to say, we're, we're better than you, we're more talented, we're going to stick with what we got? Um, I think the offensive game plan might have to change for Alabama, but we'll see. I don't they're, think k State defense is getting a lot of credit on this I'm, game. I'm fascinated
1: by the, the vibe of this game, that both teams are extremely confident they're going to win. Kansas State's confident because they're focused on Alabama, They've studied Alabama. They see things that they can do. Look, I'm going to say it, and SEC media will laugh at this, but there is not as big a gap between these conferences as you want to say. I mean, again, ask Ole Miss. Again, ask Arkansas that thought they had Kansas, uh, which was the Vanderbilt of the Big 12 for many years. They thought they had them knocked out. And I'm watching that game unfold, and I'm like, what is Sam Pittman doing? You can't sit on a lead against Kansas. They they just get going now. Did they get some breaks from the refs? Yeah. Was it not a well-called game? Okay, but that happens in football. And if they had put more effort into putting up another touchdown in the second half, um, not only would they have won more comfortably, I would have won my bet. And I'm bitter. That's the most important thing. I'm bitter, folks. I had Arkansas minus three. And you you and a lot of people listening to this podcast, i
0: On a mention. parlay that was going to pay me a lot of money. It was my last leg. Bottom line is worry about fits when you yeah. take into account the fact that Nobody the game. does, Cole. Nobody. The next question comes from Mountain Joe. As a healthy quarterback too, how important will 9 a.m. be to the chances for victory?
1: This is really a great question, Joe, because um, we all know they're going to find a way to get him in the game. They're not going to go through everything they did with Adrian, bringing him in, giving him the opportunity to start, having him get injured, just to not play in his first bowl game. Um, they're, they're not going to do that. That's not how Chris Kleiman rolls. And by making sure you do get him in the game, it sends a message to the next transfer portal guy mm-hmm. that you're, you're going to be valued here. And and also, Chris Kleiman likes to get a lot of guys in the game, period. Yes. But one of the things that – Nebraska, phew, I just had a flashback to old Big 8. You can't say that. Yeah, well, not anymore, but back in the day. One of the things Alabama does uh, that they've had some issues with is quarterback run game. Mm -hmm. LSU and Tennessee both hurt them. I think Auburn did the same thing. Auburn was
0: the worst, yeah.
1: And um, if you get into a quarterback run game, which is not Will Howard's strength this year, he did a pretty good job last year, but Adrian's the more – dynamic runner there's no doubt about it and we saw it against Oklahoma so how do you incorporate that into your game plan to put their defense in a position in which they don't want to be but not be predictable so you put Adrian in everyone thinks you're going to run it so do you throw it well that's not his strength he's in to run the ball so that's a chess game that it's going to be very fun to watch very fun to figure out how they go about the business of managing their quarterbacks because in listening to Chris Kleiman, he knows damn well Will Howard's the man. Mm-hmm. In fact, when they brought the players, the offensive players to the press conference today, Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, Cooper Beebe, Cade Warner, Malik Knowles. That, that was the five. No Adrian Martinez. So it's clear this is now Will Howard's team, but even Will Howard knows that Adrian deserves and needs to be on the field. And how they do that? is one of the really cool things about this game. I would advise against one thing, Cole. If you got a backup quarterback who's mobile and uh, you want to get him incorporated in the game plan, if you're going for two in a crucial situation and he hasn't thrown a ball
0: all day. say third, Say a third overtime?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you need to score. Mm. You don't hand him the ball in a reverse and then have him throw the ball, but he hasn't played enough to kind of be in the game to know that he shouldn't have thrown the ball, he should have just run. But don't do that with Adrian because that,
0: that's not a good plan. As creative as Colin Klein is, that is a major storyline in this game because he has literally sat there, told us, told me, members of the media, you know, sometimes I just get on Madden and create plays and see if they work. Like he said that. And when you have a guy like Adrian Martinez, think that he might be doing some of that. He's got this long layoff in between games. We're going to see something crazy now. Will it work? I don't know. There's a good chance that it doesn't, but there's also a chance that it does. And I, I would love to see Adrian get in the game. I have the box score between Alabama and Auburn, Auburn pulled up right here. Um, Robbie Ashford, Ashford is the quarterback at Auburn, and, and they lost this game twenty seven to forty nine. But he was the leading rusher, or excuse me, he was he wasn't the leading rusher, but he he ran the ball seventeen times for one hundred twenty one yards. Jarquez Hunter, the running back for Auburn, ran the ball eleven times for one hundred thirty four yards. As a team, forty three carries, three hundred eighteen yards, seven point four yards per carry. Yeah. That's a lot. Now they only scored twenty seven points and they gave up forty nine. But if K State runs for three hundred eighteen yards. I'm going to tell you that they have a really good chance to win this game. Yep. And I think Adrian gives them the best chance to do that with the quarterback run game. So he's going to get in the game. I firmly believe that. I don't know how much he'll play, but he's going to get in the game, and he's probably going to be in the game at a crucial spot.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I don't think it would be at the start, but it will be early in this game. They'll try to get him involved. And if what he's doing works, I, I imagine they have layers to what how they want to use these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun and that's the end of the first half it's a quickie today yeah you know what we got stuff you got stuff we all got stuff to do mostly we got a party tonight we're invited to the sugar bowl official party the media man it's like christmas vacation man you just can't invite the relatives because you don't know pretty soon they're dumping sewage down there who's cousin eddie that's going to show up that's me we'll Hmm. be back
0: This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the Powercat Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the Powercat Podcast on the
1: 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. You know where they are. You know who they are. You know what I want you to do. Go to the fridge. Can I say get a victory cigar? You're brilliant. Yeah. Did you know the fridge sells cigars? Well, I don't smoke, but they do sell cigars, and they've got a humidor, which is a funny room filled with cigars. I don't think that's what it is. Why Why'd they put humor in it? There's, like, jokes in there. I don't know if there's jokes, but the humidor is awesome. You know the fridge. Get a victory cigar. Here's Cole Carmody with more of your questions.
0: Next question comes from Joe Katz. If K-State were to win on Saturday and TCU were to lose, can an argument be made that no one has expanded their brand more than K-State has this year in college football?
1: Now, what, what, and TCU loses? Yes. I think TCU's still done it in a way. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, I, I think... You could make that argument. If Tulane wins, maybe you can make that argument. But uh, the way it sets up, I think K State's in a position to be an extremely good football team for years to come. Particularly if you know some of the talk we're hearing that numerous guys are planning to come back. The offensive line and you know Felix and Deuce are still trying to decide, but there's a chance there on both of them. Um, yeah, if a lot of guys come back, you know, play for that COVID year, and Cooper Beebe doesn't go, yeah. They're going to be in really good shape. I mean, they will have Will Howard. It's not like they'll be empty of weapons.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that this is int- this is an interesting question because uh, I, I might make the answer yes. TCU, for whatever reason, people know TCU, and I don't know if that's because it's a Dallas-based market. I don't know if that's because Gary Patterson has had them. Um, I don't know if he – uh, maybe you would disagree with me, but TCU has been at a national relevance earlier – or slow more recently than K-State has. With Trevon Boykin, 2015, 2016, TCU was in those conversations. Maybe K-State started to fade away a little bit, climbing now, you bring them back. If K-State beats Alabama and TCU loses, I still think that maybe just for this argument's sake... K-State actually might can say that they raised their brand more from where they were at the start of the season to where they are now. Obviously, you can't take a playoff berth away from TCU, but when you look back on this season in a few years, I, I guarantee you, if you were to ask a TCU fan, would you rather win the Big 12 and beat Alabama in a bowl game or not win the Big 12 in the season on two straight losses and lose in the playoff? That is an interesting dynamic. Right. It really is. I'll say this. We're talking
1: brands, though. I think... There's been nothing more benefiting from the how college football played out than the Big Twelve itself. You look at you know that the future of the Big Twelve is now at Kansas State and TCU and maybe Oklahoma State and Baylor, last year's championship contenders. And you know you got teams like Texas Tech and put on a show, just beat the snot out of Ole Miss. You got Kansas that clearly is not Kansas anymore. I mean, it's it's not. It, this is a much more persistent football team. What happened to them would have broken them for the mm-hmm. last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they came back and <clears throat> nearly won the game. So I think the whole Big 12 can make an argument that as a, a family, the brand has been elevated more than anything
0: else. Especially when Oklahoma is 6-6 six and six and Texas might – drop to what eight and five if they lose to washington it will you'll know the outcome of that game but yeah i think that the big 12 is in really good shape i think k-state has really improved their stock i don't know if it's been more than tcu more than all of anybody else in college football but they got to be right up there um you could be looking at there's a lot of parallels to what clemson has done right and to where k-state is i think if you're a k-state fan you need to look at that and say that's what you aspire to be because i mean it's it's realistic at this point yep i would agree i um
1: the next step for K-State is to continue to ratchet up the, the quality of the recruiting, to be able to um, you know, keep adding players that are a little bit better, recruiting over the talent you have. They can continue to do that. And Bill Snyder told me that. Back in the day, the effort was to get a player better than what you had. Next year, get a player better than what you had and just keep elevating and pretty soon – you're getting the top players because you keep winning and players want to play for winners. Yep. Uh,
0: two more questions left on this podcast, kind of going into basketball a little bit too on these last two questions. We'll start with this one from KSU Burke 54. Burke. Compare the last two months of K-State sports to the final two months of K-State sports in 2020. In 2020, K-State football finished 4-6, and six, including a 69-31 to loss to Texas to end the season, yeah. while the basketball team started 1-4, which included an 18-point home loss to Fort Hay State, which, by the way, K-State counted that game. Fort Hay State did not count the that game. Still can't get over that. In 2022, K-State football won the Big 12 title in, in overtime and goes to the Sugar Bowl while the basketball team starts 11-1.
1: It's incredible. And Burke, thanks for leaving out the fact that that was a pandemic going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was locked in my basement, which is you know probably good for society, but it wasn't great for me. Um, look, <clears throat> Gene Taylor deserves this credit. And and Chris Kleiman, you know, when it comes to uh, the troubles they went through, weren't all pandemic related in that 2020 season. You know, he's finally come out and said, yeah, we had some locker room issues. We had to clean up. And, They did. The transfer portal lets coaches. There's some downsides of the transfer portal. No doubt. You can have your quarterback transfer out right before the bowl game, Oklahoma state. You can have that kind of nonsense going on. Well, that's also a reflection of something else going on in your program. That guys want to transfer that are already seeing playing time. Yep. And uh, I know that I understand why a backup that really doesn't see a pathway to the field will want to transfer. But it also now allows coaches to clean things out really easily. Hey, you know what? You're not going to play here much in the future. You probably want to hit the portal and find a better opportunity. Because it's easy for them to do it. It's not as traumatic. You don't have a bunch of hoops to sit, to jump through. You don't have to sit out a year. <clears throat> it's just uh, a, a good process now that allows coaches to kind of reinvent the program. They can bring in guys. They can bring in a rush Yeast. You know, you can bring in a Julius Brantz. A Keontae Johnson. You can redefine who you are as a team. Well, certainly in basketball, you can strip the house bare down to the very bones of the roster and rebuild it. That's what Jerome Tang's done. So the transfer portal is really good for any program that is hitting the restart button, whether that's a new coach or just trying to redefine what you are as a program. You can bring them in you can usher them out you can be a new team football is certainly an entirely different culture an incredibly bonded team and basketball is an entirely different roster but also a well-bonded team that really seems to embrace the opportunities with the new program
0: how is it how insane is it that there is absolutely not a single single basketball player from that 2020 team that is still on the roster it's incredible I mean, surely that has to be a record in the NCAA. I mean, I, I know that, it, like you mentioned, the, the transfer portal is so much easier for teams to turn over their roster, but I find it hard to believe that, um, and with the amount of staff changes that this program has had on the basketball front, the fact that they're 11-1, and one, I mean, sure, obviously we're at New Orleans and we have football flavor, but here in about a week, Fitz, it's going to be basketball time in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And the energy is going to be just as high for basketball as it is for football because those guys deserve it from the fans. They play hard. The staff does everything they possibly can to win. I mean, we—I don't, I don't, the fact that Jerome Tang calls timeouts, I don't know if you caught this the last time K-State played Radford, but Jerome Tang was calling timeouts to let the clock run out in a basketball game to make sure that he got the win. You know how many times the previous administration would just say, oh, they'll figure it out. And if they mm-hmm. win, great. But if they don't, nah. oh, well. You know, they lost. Yeah. I mean, the fact that those guys go the extra mile, and 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 they have. I mean, it's incredible, the turnover and just how different everything feels around not just the basketball program, but the f- football program as well. There's a different energy in town. There's a different energy around campus. People are invested. The students are invested. The student-athletes are invested. The fans are invested. And I think here in a few days in New Orleans, we're going to see how truly invested this fan base is because there's going to be a lot of purple down here.
1: Yeah, and I don't mean this to be I told you so, but I think my growing frustrations with the basketball program were always that it didn't have to be that way. A rebuild, once a transfer portal hit, a rebuild did not have to last three years. You didn't have to always be young. Well, we're young. Well, you're young because you're constantly rebuilding. You can't hold on to players. You start over with young guys. It's now possible to rebuild your roster, be veteran, be talented, and find the exact right guys to fit your system. And I'll just admit it. K-State fans deserve this kind of basketball. But also with that said, Jerome Tang has been better than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Did I see them at 11-1? and competing and playing like a team that belongs in the NCAA tournament before they start the Big 12 tournament? Folks, this is a heck of a basketball staff. What they've done putting this team together and crafting them into a team that has gotten so much better offensively and defensively. Well, hell, offensively, they've been better than previous teams from day one. But defensively, they're growing. I hope folks can make it out to the West Virginia game. If you didn't come to the Sugar Bowl, um, there's a guy on Twitter that put up a a spreadsheet of people who have tickets, trying to get them to people, people who want tickets. So there's a couple places where you can go and say, I need tickets. I, I need to give away my tickets. If you are down here for the Sugar Bowl, please find a way to get a fan, K-State fans, in your seats because Jerome Tang and this basketball team deserve it, and it's going to be a really fun K-State Sports Day. And right in the middle,
0: TCU is going to beat West Virginia. It's going to be a fun Big 12 day too. Lots of purple. Yeah. Lots of purple. And also, I will just say this before we ask the last question. I think Jerome Tang has proven that even when you plant a bamboo tree, it does not have to take years to grow. It, it's not. Bamboo's nice. It's really good flooring. Next question. And the last question. Maybe they should use it for the basketball training facility new floor. <laughs> the last question of this abbreviated podcast as we get you 126th of the way through your drive yeah um comes from ksu number one as k-state basketball enters conference play he wants us to make some predictions where do you think each school will end up uh, with the standings one through ten that's kind of hard to look into the crystal ball but let's start with k-state where do you think that they will be? Well,
1: I, I think K-State's going to be right in the middle. I think they'll be five, six, somewhere in there. I, I think we have to agree that Kansas is probably the best team in the conference again. I do, too. Grady-Dick's yeah. yeah. special. I mean, um, the fact that they clowned Missouri and now Missouri is only has one loss, and maybe K-State will will grow beyond that prediction of in the middle. Again, you noted this. LSU just beat Arkansas. LSU has one loss. It's to K-State. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not going to do the one through 10. I'm just I'm I'm not mentally prepared for that. But uh, and part of it is I don't know what happens with Texas. I don't don't know how this is going to impact them in the long run. Um, It sounds like they're trying to get the Chris Beard thing cleared up through uh, amazingly a story getting changed. Um, I'm not not saying that there's money being paid to people to change stories. um, But I do like a good conspiracy theory. Hmm and uh but so i don't know even if he comes back or doesn't come back how does this this can't this isn't good even if he comes back your players are gonna be looking at you man you you did what yeah because they know what happened you know what they know the truth so um it's a mess there's stuff going on with tech basketball Uh, west virginia is surprisingly good hugs has got him going again so there's just too many unknowns. TCU was struggling so much and now they seem to be playing really good basketball. And we talk about how competitive Big Twelve football is, this basketball this year is just gonna be ugh.
0: Lenardi says every single team's in the tournament. It's not possible. It's not possible, but it just tells you how good this conference is right now. Um I think I'll say this. I think Oklahoma State will be the team that finishes last. Not because they're not any good, because somebody has to lose. So I'll say Oklahoma Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are the two teams I look at probably at the bottom. So, Burke,
1: basically Oklahoma State has taken K-State's role from two years ago. Football has some serious yep. issues. There's something going on in that locker room. you got Spencer Sanders transferring. you got players in disarray. Um, the program, oh, they looked awful in their bowl game. Um, and basketball is coming apart. And I love Mike Boyden. He's such a good dude. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be K-State.
0: I'm not sold on Iowa State either. I'm just not sold worth. on Iowa State. I, I, I don't know. I don't It'll know. be interesting. I, I think K-State has a great chance to finish in the top half of the conference. And Absolutely. If they finish in the top half of the conf- conference like you believe, I think I believe that as well, they'll make the NCAA tournament. That's the bottom line. I don't think it really matters where you finish as long as you get into the big dance. So. That's well said. I think we should just stop talking
1: okay. based on that. That was Cole Carmody. I'm Fitz. We appreciate you listening. The Powercat pregame podcast is up. The Friday walkthrough drops it. Midnight-ish, somewhere in there. So we'll have the video version and the podcast version. We did the Sugar Bowl preview special back on Christmas Day. We posted that. So if you want to hear a bunch of sound from K-State players, Alabama players too, and Saban and climbing that's out there. I'm doing daily deliveries. I've done the video series that we're wrapping up at 3. I was going to do five Fitzloves Nola videos, and I, I, I can't. We just did the third one today, and we're going to call it good. Maybe if something pops up, we'll do another one. But we're just cranking out tons of coverage. We hope you enjoy it. We appreciate your support. And if you're not subscribing, it's time to do so. Our special is about to end. And I know we always seem to have a special pop-up 24-7 This does this a lot. But this was an unplanned special. This is tied into another CBS entity that I am no longer allowed to speak about because the special is so freaking good, they don't want it actually totally public go to the site go click on the green join button and check out the annual special what all you get for 50 percent off your subscription is beyond a good deal we appreciate your support you you're incredible fans i mean there's so much purple down here already and it's just the first trickles coming in and plus my wife's here and that always makes you more more interesting Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.